Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market. He is Ramon in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dayan Kovacevic in Pittsburgh. And we're going to talk today about the most underappreciated member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ramon, I don't even have a runner-up in this one. I just know who it is. You, you know? know who it is? I know uh, who it is. That, that, that being said, let me go ahead and take your thunder, James Daniels. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be. It has yeah. to be. I don't even know who else would fall into the category. Well, you you know what, DK? Uh, mm-hmm. Who else would fall into the category? Uh, Zach, I yeah. maybe? I don't know. Because uh, yeah, it, everybody else plays their part exactly as you need them to. Yeah, and, and we talk about them a whole lot more than we talk about James Daniels. Yeah, we and, do. And, and, and it's like we forget, you know, with all due respect to the fact that you'd never forget an offensive lineman's role, let alone a guard, that the less you talk about somebody at that position, yeah. the better they're doing. 100%. And I think we both kind of realized that a little bit too towards the latter part of the season, just with the entire line, like, hey, they're piecing something together here, man. And he, of course, has some breaking news as of late that he gave up no friggin' sacks on the year, DK. That is a feat. Do you understand me? And this is also the thing, too. He's succeeding a guy that was number one from the day that he came in, and that is Dave DeCastro, who was also wearing a guy's number by the name of Alan Fanica. You know, like, that. That those are some, some heavy shoes to kind of follow. And, DK, to your point, we didn't say a whole lot about him other than, like, the fact that he had a couple negative plays in the run game where you were like, come on, James, but – Early, early, early on. Mm -hmm. And we, we, as I think fans and analysts of him, DK had to figure out what he had going on too. Right. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Actually, you know who else would agree with it? James Daniels. He he and I talked early in the season and he was a little bit sensitive because he was getting criticized early and it wasn't without justification where it looked like he was getting pushed back in the run game. Yes. So when we're talking about the season that he had and the, the news that you referenced here is that over the past week, there was a study done that showed that he had no sacks. Uh, he also played every single snap, which is something he confirmed for me himself after the last game. Uh, this is, this is pretty impressive, you know, and I, I'm, I'm not saying he's Dave. I'm not saying he's going to be doing no. all the athletic pulling and stuff like that and multiple pro bowls and everything else. But uh, this is a pretty good player. It, it is, and not just that, too. Coming from an uh, a old team to a new team is that component of proving your worth. Like, that right there, whether you believe in it or not, publicly, he's getting his just due. And I think that eases his teammates, that eases himself to let him know he has a job well done as far as executing the game plan of being a pro and, and picking up where Dave left off. That's what that says, too, man. A lot of the time, guys are weighed as being, and this is very interesting, too, DK, because we kind of control that narrative and what we do. Guys are labeled good or bad by what the media says or how somebody in the media stamps them, as we like to say, oh, yeah, you're good because I said so or because uh, Riddick said so or at the time Gruden was like, we're in it. So I get where James Daniels was coming early in the year by saying, look, I'm, I'm new at this. So to get this postseason evaluation of not giving up any sacks, uh, 1,160 plays, 571 pass attempts. Think about that. And, and thinking about he's got two different quarterbacks behind him 
and there was no run game for the half of the first half of the season to keep other teams honest. So they could just they could just come at you and eat. You know they could. And 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 to to hold your own against uh, the AFC North um, with the new line, you got a new center that you don't know and a new right tackle that he didn't know either. DK, that says a lot. But we, we can go, and I'm sure uh, we'll talk about more and more. What what is a sack in this league too, and how do you get attributed? Well, that's to actually one, one of the things I'm wondering is is why this comes out like a month and a half later, because the idea of assigning a sack. Oh yeah to an offensive lineman, first of all, flies in the face of what are official NFL statistics because you look at official NFL statistics under offensive linemen, and what do you see? One category, games played. <laughs> I know. You they, say that, and I just I just soaked to myself like, game started, game played. Oh, that's, it. that's yeah, all that's, we got. That's it. that's it. It's like they existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. We did, and 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 to be fair too, as much as I give those guys crap, the PFF guys and these air quotation marks experts and stuff like that, to bring highlight to what we do as a job, even on this side of it, like now the fan base knows, DK. Hey, you got a guy that held us on. It also lends this fact, lends us to the uh, discussion, DK. I don't know how much this O-line is going to change going into next year, too, as we're all looking to say who's going to go where, where can we upgrade. And even I've been on that side It's just saying, I don't care what you do, you still got to bring in some young guys that's going to push the older guys to keep the competition fresh fresh, and also keep depth. But considering what James has done this year, I think Mason Cole solidified himself. Chooks has been solidified this year also, despite how you may think he has played or something like that. He did. Plus, he's under a new contract. The left side is always going to be up into question because, one, you got a guy that's been in and out of the lineup, Kevin Dotson, for injuries. He just got to stay on the field, right? Like, that's his biggest thing. And, of course, I think it's fair, DK, although he had a second uh, half of the year, a strong second half of the year, it's okay to say Dan Moore had a sophomore slump. I would definitely say that, yeah. I mean, yeah. he struggled in a lot of different areas, and he struggled consistently. Yeah, he, he did. But, you know, to bring it back to James Daniels, you have what Pittsburgh is looking for, somebody to protect your quarterback. Uh, you have somebody that's a veteran that now hopefully can go into a leadership role. That that post of his in which we were notified from it uh, was a a joint post between the Steelers and James Daniels. Mm-hmm. So that lets you know where he is. I'm hoping moving forward, DK, he takes on more of a leadership role. He becomes a guy that becomes a little bit more vocal because I'm, I'm sure it becomes intimidating a little bit to go into a locker room and say, man, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'd probably feel the exact same way if I walk into the Chicago Bears or when New England was really good. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, I got to hold my own. So the fact that he did, and it, I can't stress this enough, he did it publicly to where public, you know, like like publications are saying, you did good. I look hope he takes a yeah. next step. He's saying, look at me. This is, But he's also, when he does that, it's not look at me like, look at me. It's look at me like this is my bar. Yeah. Okay. I'm, this is what I'm expecting for myself. I'm expecting every single snap, and I'm expecting to allow no sacks. Uh, this is, you know, what's funny, you and I, but especially you, ride the pro football focus guys. Yeah, uh, they loved him. Yeah, and get this, they loved him before the fact. Last summer, this was on June 28th. 
Pro Football Focus named James Daniels' free agency contract with the Steelers the best contract of the summer. Whoa. Before anything happened. Okay. Before he even got to camp. Best contract of the summer anywhere in the National Football League. It was three years, $26.5 million. And it wasn't just Daniels' you know, potential or yeah. his performance in Chicago that did it. Here's another little bit of news flash for people who don't appreciate Daniels enough. He's 25 years old. He's still learning. He's a child. He's still learning. Okay? Yeah. I mean, he can still get better. Mm-hmm. He will still get better. He'll get more comfortable with Chooks, like you said. He'll get more comfortable with Cole. He'll get more comfortable with Najee. He'll get more comfortable with Kenny, yeah. with the scheme. Uh, and this season was – you see where we're going yeah. here. This, yeah. This, yeah. this guy this guy is worth uh, – this guy is worth ha- having a lot more heard about him than, than what's what's out there to date. Yeah, no doubt about it, DK. We'll, we'll talk about next for a little bit. What What is a sack? Also, and, and, and Mark, right, we brought that up a couple times. That's yeah, a good for sure. idea. I want to go down that road a little bit. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. We kind of have an idea of what a sack is. All right. <laughs> I mean, there are different definitions to it. Quarterback runs out of bounds. Quarterback's touched when he's on the ground. There's half sacks. and So it's not super cut and dry. But how? How does anyone assign a sack to an offensive lineman? Or in James Daniels' case, a lack of a sack? A lack of a sack. How do By you do way, that? I think in my best year, the most I gave up was one. And I was so prideful. What's so crazy about that? My agent was telling me. Because it was right after I had signed. He was like, how come you didn't have this year last year? <laughs> it was one of those yeah. things. Like, <laughs> what you got paid and you actually got comfortable with? I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's one of those things. <laughs> but what what is a sack? And I guess it's okay too, DK, to say how many is average in a sense. I think on average, I think an OL will probably give up individually. I think three to four sacks a year, I think is probably. That's it? For for guys that want to be good and continue to be starters, oh okay. Like, okay. like I I think if you're you're hovering three maybe four a year five max. So you think that's five by five? That's twenty five on the offensive line. Twenty five sacks in a year is right in the middle of the road. Like just a a, a pinch too many, but you don't want a guy that's giving up eight to eleven a year. You know what I'm saying? Like those numbers right there. That puts you on the outs like, hey, that's way too many sacks to have given up. But what's so crazy, we're talking about 8 to 11 sacks one individual is giving up. Now, it's probably circumstantial on when when they give up those sacks. But, DK, we said a second ago in the last segment, an offensive lineman that played the entire season for the team that didn't miss any snaps played 1,160 snaps. We're talking about 8 to 11 plays. You see what I'm saying? But Mm – I guess it just weighs different because it puts you behind the eight ball so much and plays have to start over. I just want to put that into perspective too. Like 11 is a lot. There's a guy I know this year in the league that started for a team and he gave up 11. That team wants him out of here or the fan base does. But what is a sack DK one? You can see it getting outright beat. Boom. Yeah. Quarterback- when you, just to, to make sure everybody knows what page you're on here to super clarify 
you're talking about what is a sack as it relates to charging it to the offensive lineman. Yes. Okay. All right. 100%. If I just get beat in the B gap and the one-on-one matchup guy goes out the quarterback, boom, that's the most obvious one, mm-hmm. right? Check that one out. There's uh, a non-sack where it can go to a quarterback. This is a three-step drop. Drop back, three-step drop. The ball's supposed to be gone with 1,001, 1,002 for the most part. Three-step, ball's coming out quick. If the quarterback is holding on to the ball, and as we say, just playing with the ball in his hand, not getting it out, that can be a half-sack for the guard or tackle or half-sack for the quarterback too because that's a timing thing. I'm only expected to, to block for you one and a half seconds because this is a three-step drop. Now, if I get beat within that, the guy quick arms over me and get to the quarterback within that time frame, yeah, that's on me. Um, and I'll, this is another one, too. Seb, I'm, if we have zone protection where the entire left side of the line is, is, is uh, the entire left side of the line is sliding left. And like, the guy, like as a unit. As a unit. Yeah. Nobody goes outside to tackle meaning his responsibility just went in and nobody's outside. And he goes in between the B gap between the left tackle and the left guard. Those guys will split a sack because there's no reason for the tackle to keep kicking to really air out the guard. The guard is expecting presence right there. So that's how you give up half sacks. Both are responsible for them. And another thing, too, when it comes to giving up sacks, too, you'll have them go to the offensive line. But, you know, I hate this one. When the quarterback is scrambling. He steps up. And he, yes, is scrambling and he steps up into a sack when he doesn't have to, or he runs out of bounds. Yep, yep. Those two, I hate. The integrity (laughs) of the pocket stays the same. Trust me, I'm going to block him. Just because I'm going backwards doesn't mean that is a sack. I know, you know, one of the things Ben uh, was always brought up in his career is Ben is going to find and make the play. So it'd be times where, you got to block longer for Ben and a guy just so happens with long arm grabs him and he got you reeling back too. that. I would look at that. Ben would apologize for those. Say, Hey, that's my bad right there. I'm like, yeah, but that's my sack though. You know, and the coaches, <laughs> the coaches will look at it like you just, or the fans will look at it like you just got beat, not realizing all the receivers are covered. There's nowhere to go. And he's trying to make a play still. So the quarterback will own that one, but it still goes to the guard. In our room, we'd be like, hey, ain't nothing you can do right there. So there's you know, understanding in it too, DK. And there's also got to – this is another thing I feel like i got to make clear to the viewers and listeners, and that is that none of these stats, none of what we're talking about here are official. No. And the only stats in the NFL world related to offensive line play or, for that matter, really anybody's play on the football field are those that are compiled internally. Mm-hmm. That's a yes. big, big, big difference between football and other sports. The only stats that matter are the ones that your coaches and the and the assistants. Yeah, you're nodding, but it's, yeah, because you know this, but I'm sharing this with the because they're the only ones that can grade. Yeah, understand it. We just gave PFF some, you know, some kudos here on something, and they try and yeah. they work hard. But guess what? They don't have the playbook. No. You know, I love to tell the story of the, the the time that Ryan Shazier and Vince Williams in Buffalo uh, gave me a big lesson after a preseason game that I was sure, I was sure that one or the other had, had screwed up something here. I, I thought actually Shazier missed it, okay? Yeah. And Vinny's sitting next to him while I'm talking to him. Vinny goes, 
DK, no, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it, was, it I, Vinny says, yeah, it looked like that, but you mm-hmm. don't understand where we were supposed to be. And Vinny knows that I can't know that. No one on the outside can know who was supposed to be where. And that makes grading football from a, even if you're the, you know, if you're watching it and you're played it, yeah, and you're Bill freaking Walsh, yeah, you know, or you just you can't do it unless you know what the playbook called for them to do. So where the offensive line is yeah. concerned, the better statistic, the one that I would always value a lot more something than the most dramatic outcome, that being a sack, is how many hurries did you give up? How many pressures yeah. did you give up? How many times did you get? How many times did your coach think you got beat? How many times did yep. you go to the wrong guy? Okay, yep. this is now I'm starting to push some buttons yeah. here with you. Yeah. I can tell. Yeah. yeah. Because this is the stuff that they track, and this is what they actually evaluate you on. And you sit there on Tuesday going, uh it was was crazy. <laughs> All of those things are forgivable though, too. Pressures, forgivable, but third and long, pressures gonna happen. I got Aaron Donald over here. I got uh-huh. I got Geno Atkins over here. They're coming. I got, yeah, the, 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 Fletcher Cox is open. The, the pressures are going to happen. You look at it sometimes like, yeah, it's a pressure, but the quarterback had free range of motion with his arm. He delivered a pass. But publicly, this guy gave up 17 pressures in the season. You're just like, no. Like, did he get the pass off or did he not get the pass? Like, okay. all of those things okay. are forgivable, but you do track them in the sense of, uh, you know what those are for, DK? Mm. Correcting them in practice, working on your technique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's it's, where not, it's not to wag a finger. No, it's not to wag a finger because to think that you're going to be a stonewall at the line of scrimmage, no, not not so much. You know the biggest stickler, and I, I, I'm going to have this conversation with my guys when I have them on is this, DK. What mm. bothered you most? I don't think sacks bother you most because you're not king of the hill on every play. You're going to get beat. Right, right, right. You know what bothers you most when it comes down to doing your job, especially in the O-line? Mm. Mental errors. Uh, I, Those I did kind of- yeah, I did kind of mention that real quick, which you, is just going to the wrong place or focusing on the wrong Oh, guy. my yeah. God. Because That's if it worst. breaks down with you, it usually breaks down on the entire play. You can't afford to have how many MEs did you have? And, yeah, one of them may be, man, I forgot to go up to the second linebacker. Still a four-yard run, but it's an ME. Like, mm-hmm. the MEs because you absolutely can't control those, you know? Mm-hmm. Or if you're a young guy. If you're a young guy jumping off sides a lot as an offensive line on hard counts, those are the two that really uh, get you, DK. Yeah, oh, that's the stuff that was getting Dan Moore. Speaking of, you know, there was there was a lot there was a lot of motion and yeah. I yeah. mean, it's it's a uh, in this age of advanced analytics for pretty much everything. Yeah, the nation's most beloved sport still awaits. Actual statistics for offensive linemen. When we come back, the only segment that matters. That's the moment. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters. That's brought to you always by our good friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. They've got three expert chefs fine-tuning every detail so that every sub-burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. Before we get started on this, Moan, 
we got a lot of feedback to the Friday show, which was just about why it is that you enjoy doing this and what your yeah. experience has been, right? Yeah. Read a couple of these here. Go ahead. Let's do it. This is, uh, first of all, Jordan Garlock really raises the bar on us and says, DK and Moan, I would absolutely love it if you could get Jack Lambert on for an appearance. <laughs> he can't even find him. He's like in the woods in Butler County or something. Well, I was going to say, was he the one sending up those weather balloons that got shot down? I mean, that's, that's oh, far as we know. <laughs> man. Teresa, who had a question answered uh, and, and used the word chuffed, she's from Manchester, England. She says, hey, Moan and DK, wow, I'm chuffed to bits. To have been mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm looking here. This, this, some of them were talked about. Uh, this David Hidalgo just talks about your career. Mm-hmm. Says, Ramon, you worked so hard to be able to play on the Steelers. Some players are just really naturally gifted, so they mm-hmm. don't have to work the way you did. You appreciate it way more because of what you put into it. Yeah, Blue-collar worker, day in and day out. You brought your lunch pail every single day. Love you guys. That's really nice. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's 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 pretty cool here. Uh, Bobby, Bobby O says, there are a lot of different Steelers podcasts out there. We did talk about that on the yeah, show, the various different ones that are, that are in existence and how it's not really a competition. Uh, which is amazing for us diehard fans. Each one has its own unique drumbeat that helps us regular Yinzers drag our butts out of bed and get our daily dose of Steelers <laughs> on the way to work. This morning routine is so important for me, especially having had to move out of Pittsburgh. Uh, we got a lot of these. I want you to know that when you write them, even if, whether we do respond or whether I do something like this and read it, believe you me, we're seeing them. Yeah, and, they also and, love when you say thug jug on there too. <laughs> let's find the uh the actual hey moan it was here somewhere i'm gonna find it again uh it that's comes a lot of them huh that's, oh, that's yeah. a lot of them over there yeah this one is uh now how did i lose it moan it was Man, about because that's it was about Mar- it was about martavis here i'll do a little command f and hit martavis oh that's up sorry here he is tony, tony, tony rodriguez Tony Rodriguez, you want to do it? Go ahead. Since you're Man, it. it goes, let me push my mic back a little bit, okay? <laughs> it goes, hey, Moan, bring it back in. <laughs> Can we get an in-depth view on what it's like to have a teammate not see, this is my first time reading this, not see their potential here. Oh, my gosh, such as Martavis Bryant. And he's in the news now because, you know, because I missed his uh, news. Inform me a little well, bit. No, I mean he's he's active in the XFL. He's he's one of the guys they have who's considered a name brand, and he's a yeah. name that they're pumping up a little bit. And as soon as he as soon as his name showed up, man, you had Steelers fans putting up gifts on social media of great yeah. plays that he made in his brief time uh, as a Steeler. The moon. To the moon and back with that potential. If if one y'all are gonna find out one thing about me, I love my teammates. Okay, especially the young guys because I love watching them come in and not know what they don't know, and that's how I felt about my career too. So I appreciated the path. I'm not dissing the draft picks or anything like that, but when you come in as a young guy, drafted or not, first round or seventh round or UDFA. Um, I've always just be like, okay, let me see which one I'm a guy. 
Tay Martavis Bryant was one of those guys for me as much as I possibly could. So it's it's near and dear to me to, you know, to watch him kind of grow and kind of see that potential that he had. And for it not to happen was crushing to me. But before I go in depth anymore, I'm excited to see him in football right now. Mm-hmm. This is about as as pure Martavis Martavis needs this, right, DK? He I, I got to know him. Okay. Yeah. I don't, and I, there's not everybody that I gravitate to in, yeah. in, in, in a locker room. You've seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have my guys. Um, he became one mostly because and I don't want to change the whole subject here, but mostly because I heard from a lot of football players about marijuana usage. Yeah. Okay. And I know how prevalent it has always yeah. been. Okay. Yeah. This, this, this isn't new. This isn't okay. There's, I mean, there's a documentary called the cocaine Cowboys, of course, marijuana somewhere around. Right. And, and, and this is, I did not feel that Martavis ever deserved to be vilified by either the national football league nope. or the public over marijuana usage, which by the way, that whole subject matter and the view of the subject matter has changed borderline 180 degrees since then. Okay. Yeah. So you see where I'm going here? So mm-hmm. now I, I spent a lot of time with him and all the, the stuff that people would say about him, he doesn't care. He doesn't whatever. No, no, it just wasn't true. No, you know, I've covered a lot of guys who don't care. This was not one of them. That, that's one too. And I don't want to tell his story to, uh, but it'll get to this point. Martavis had a lot going on so much, so soon, so fast with so much responsibility. And I know what you'll say a lot, like a bunch of us. Mm-hmm. But he was so young with hundreds of thousands of dollars with a whole bunch of family pressure on him, too. And that, to me, I think was his vice. That, to me, I think was uh, a, a way to kind of escape what was or what had happened in past life and the pressure of always moving forward, too. Again, inexcusable to some folks, right? Some people's like, well, I go through that every day. Yeah, but you're probably built differently mentally, you know, and some guys just aren't. But, but DK, what is it like to kind of see that? I was rooting for Martavis. And, and maybe I, I feel a little bad about his situation, too, because one, I, I, I wish I could have reached him more in depth, but I also wish I hadn't said one thing to him. Maybe he also knew this, too. When Tay was really coming on, I don't know if it was the hamstring catch that he had. I don't know which one of his long runs where he threw his head back. Um, maybe it was after... The Cincinnati—that's what you're talking about—the hamstring catch. The Cincinnati, yeah, or or the many other times where he just throw that head back and just run off. But I told Martavis sitting down one time, we were out at practice, and I think he just had a monstrous game, a really good game where he caught one across the middle. I was like, "Tay, man, you just doing what you're doing, man. You say you about seventy five million dollars just walking." And at that time, DK, am I lying? Oh no, Mike Wallace played the same position. It would yeah. have been right here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And Kev Colbert tried. I tried. Coach Tomlin tried. Pounce tried. Like, everybody was in on it, but he couldn't get out of his own way. I saw this dude not go toe-to-toe with A.B. because they're different athletes, different type of receivers, right? But mm-hmm. just make some catches where it's just one arm. The avatar is what we called him. He looked like it. <laughs> he played like it. And he had the ability to be like that, too, man. So it's hurtful. To kind of see that not, you know, be able to get out of his way. I wish the NFL had accelerated their programs to be able to kind of guide guys through that to where they're not suspended and away from the team. If you suspended me, I still got money in my pocket, DK, and you expect me to. I'm going to get lost. 
Yep. The, the programs now are a whole lot better. Now, some people feel a certain type of way about pharmaceutical use of marijuana or the coping with it. Also, I'm here to tell you, I'd much rather see a guy go down that road, DK, than to be taking Percocets and pain pills for the rest of their life and get a crazy urine addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's hurtful because I knew what Martavis had in him. And I was real personal with Martavis about his approach to getting to those next points. It's just the league policy. And let's go self-control, too, because I ain't just going to blame the league. No, That's no, no. on him, too. Yeah, there's if we're going to praise people when they're disciplined, you know, you got to look at the other end of it, too. It, it, it's a real thing, especially, you know, you're doing it right before you get drafted. No. You know, you got to use some there, – there's some common sense here. But, Moan, this – you know, th- this is a, this is kind of a sore subject here because there are people, and I know that a lot of them were on your offense who felt yeah. that he was he was like the most talented guy they'd ever freaking seen. DK, and that's we're on t- an offense with AB. Yeah, we're talking about rankings. Yeah. If we're talking about rankings, okay, mm-hmm. Martavis. Yeah, oh yeah, could do give anything. Me, give me whoever else after that. Yeah, it's like because one of the things that made Martavis, one of the many things that made him so freakish, you briefly alluded to this, but it was that you give him that ball in like six years, six years, six yards off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. It has a chance to go. Okay. It's got a real chance for six. Okay. Yeah. Before George Pickens says, just throw it up there, Martavis did that. And I'll even go this far. Martavis, George Pickens, give me Martavis. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now I hope you know. Uh, yeah, look, of course. <laughs> let, let George have his ceiling. He's 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 a yeah. kid in the league. But he was coming off an ACL and everything else too. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. But man, I mean, you just you saw Martavis the first day in Latrobe, and you're just like, oh, oh what is that? DK. <laughs> and how and did, how was that available in the third round? <laughs> the broadest shoulders, the highest, like everything yeah. that other guys had, and we've talked about. Justin Hunter could jump. Okay, but Martavis could jump and could actually catch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mike Wallace was fast. Yeah, Mike Wallace was fast, but Martavis, I feel like, was almost faster. Mm-hmm. You know, like, goodness gracious. No question. No question. Moan, let's do this again tomorrow. I'm, I'm flying out to uh, I'm flying out to Florida to do some spring training, some pirate spring training down in Bradenton. So I'll try to find a place with like all kinds of palm trees. Some palm trees. Hey, I'll be yeah. available, DK. Just show me the background and hopefully it's not raining. <laughs> yeah, there's also that in Florida. Let's do it then. <laughs>